When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome in to A to Z Sports, powered by the BetMGM app. We're live every weekday morning at 8 Central Time, streaming on Facebook, YouTube, and Twitch. We've got our links uh, posted segment by segment on X with all the good Titans coverage. That includes articles and more updates following the team on our X feed at ATOZ Sports. You can follow us on Instagram, TikTok, uh, threads for more Titans coverage on social media. So let's thank our sponsors for making this show happen and for making things happen for you. That's Wilson County Hyundai. Make Wilson County Hyundai a part of your new car buying process in Lebanon or at wilsoncountyhyundai.com. The Bone and Joint Institute, the region's destination for comprehensive orthopedic and sports medicine care at boneandjointtn.org. Farm Bureau Health Plans, better coverage, better rates, better service. Learn more about a plan for you at fbhp.com slash atoz. Krebs Kubota, an elite Kubota dealer located in Columbia, Franklin, Murfreesboro. Visit them online at KrebsKubota.com. And the Aura app, they have what it takes to keep you safe online with credit and identity theft monitoring. Get with the Aura app and use our link, Aura.com slash ATOZ, for a two-week free trial. That's a two-week free trial. Love our sponsors. Thank you to our sponsors. And Jack, as we get ready to go this morning, uh, it's countdown time at this point. Oh, yeah. I mean, like, uh, roster cuts are being made at a rapid rate. Uh, yesterday, you saw NFL teams coming out with their first set of them. I'd imagine we'll see more today as practices go on. And then by, I believe it's 3 p.m. Central tomorrow, the Titans will be at 53. What does that do for you? Like, Is that like a little little buzz for the first uh, first regular season week going on here? Yeah, well, absolutely. I mean, it's super interesting just looking around the league at who might be available because even though tomorrow is cut day, if there's somebody out there that the Titans like, they're going to have to make room for them somehow. So uh, there, there's still plenty of options out there. There will be as uh, time moves on. But yeah, a couple of huge positions to watch. Uh, I think that we're going to talk about a few of them today. So I'll save those for later. But uh, yeah, absolutely something to watch. I don't know if I really like the massive cut down. Um, yeah, so I guess it, that's an interesting because this is the first time we've really had this like almost ninety to fifty three like and yeah, it, it, it's hard to track or harder it, to track I guess right. It's harder to track. It's also tougher for these guys to come in and make an immediate impact without being acclimated to the offense or the defensive scheme. I mean that makes things on coaches a lot harder. That makes things on these guys who are getting cut from around the league. Whether, who? who are you referring to there? Well, just any any like veteran, any surprise cut like that, you know, the Titans could oh. have a couple. But just looking around the league, if there's an experienced wide receiver that hits the free agent market, I, I mean, and, and the Titans right. like who they yeah, see, it's, uh, it's going to take a minute. He's not going to be ready for week one, so it makes things a lot harder out there. And you know, for that reason, I don't, I'm not a big fan of it. Yeah, 53s are interesting because it comes out and like you have your initial 53 man roster, but even the initial 53 that the Titans have tomorrow afternoon when cut days like the deadline has passed 
I, I think I'd be stunned if it was actually the 53 man on yeah. week one. Like you see other guys get signed and then other guys get released right after that. There's some of the injury management as well. That's kind of weird there. How if you're trying to get somebody to IR uh, and not start them on the pup list, you have to put them on the 53 to then put them on IR to then elevate somebody else. So there's there could be somebody that you're like, oh, they got waived. And then two hours later, they're no longer waived and they're on the 53-man roster. They're like signed mm-hmm. back to the roster. So, uh, yeah, you kind of have to wait for the dust to settle a little bit. It, I ran to that issue uh, last year with the Titans where, you know, you had some surprise names. I believe Julius Chestnut was one of them mm-hmm. that made the initial 53. And it was like, man, what a great story. Awesome for Julius. We all went and talked to Julius in the locker room. It was this great, like, kind of moment to be like hey you you made the roster and he was waived like two days later like straight back to the practice squad uh he ended up coming back later in the year but the point being like these things are not set in stone ever but like really up until practice week leading up to week one which wouldn't start till next monday a week from today yeah absolutely there's a lot of moving parts and i see jameson he's he's right on the money with his comment he said there's about 48 guys that are actually safe, you know, yeah. just like the Julius Chestnut story. Some of these guys are going to have to be prepared to, to, you know, be let down or to be uh, waved and then brought back on the practice squad or to find a new home somewhere else. We've seen that happen. And uh, yeah, well, and the way it works too, it's, it's not necessarily, I guess, like you picture it, right? You picture cut day, uh, how it's portrayed in the movies, how they kind of shown you in hard knocks sometimes yeah, yeah. where it's like, like, yeah, if you get waived, you're getting brought into the coach's office and, hey, we need your iPad, bring your iPad, shake the hand, t- tap on the butt, we'll see you later, good luck, Hope, you know, wish, wishing you all the best. Mm-hmm. But if you do make the team, it's not like there's this moment where it's like, sit him down and we're like, hey, guess what? You've made our 53, congrats, man. That's not how it works. You just keep coming to work until they tell you to stop. It's like you just keep yeah. going up to the meeting rooms and the practices Cut day comes, cut day goes, and no news is good news. So, yeah, it's <laughs> it's not exactly how you would say. And, that I mean, that goes to that point there from Jamison that 48 guys are actually safe in reality. And just because you're on the roster the moment the deadline passes does not mean you're still going to be on the roster by the time practice starts the next morning. Like, this is – It's head on a swivel season, not just for fans, not just for media, not just for writers – but for these players as well, because they don't know what to expect really in this, you know, in these good, next couple of days. So it's a uh, good gotta, way of putting it head on a swivel season, because mm-hmm. like you said too, like we've officially hit the point and we haven't been up to this point throughout training camp because there have been no roster cuts. Like typically throughout training camp, you're looking at who's getting cut everywhere else and who could potentially be a good fit for, you know, a certain team's needs. And this is something we're monitoring throughout the preseason, but without the gradual cut deadlines and it all kind of coming at once, not only is there a concern about, okay, well, what does my 53 look like, but what is everybody else's 53 going to look like? And how does that affect this position group or that position group? If a guy of value becomes available. So Jack, this is kind of what I wanted to lead off the show talking about today and asking. So we're going to leave kicker out of it. We mm-hmm. will get there. As you see at the bottom of your show graphic, we will get to kicker 
later on in the show, talk about the Titans kicker news and evaluate that situation around the league. But I have this question for the chat and for you as we get ready to kick things off here on Monday's show. Question is, what Titans position group will be the most intriguing during roster cuts? What Titans position group will be the most intriguing during roster cuts? What do you, uh, what group do you have your eye on for both who makes the 53 and for everybody else's uh, different rosters who might become available, who could get signed? So that is our first question before we get our answers, before we go to you chat, I want to tell everybody about our friends at Krebs Kubota. Krebs Kubota is Middle Tennessee's preferred equipment dealer with convenient locations in Columbia, Franklin, and Murfreesboro. Krebs is an elite Kubota dealer and has served the community for over 18 years. Krebs Kubota sells services and supplies parts for the best equipment in the industry and has a large selection of inventory in stocks at all three locations. That's Columbia, Franklin, and Murfreesboro. Right now, uh, they have a customer satisfaction uh, rooted in outstanding parts and service department. It is their goal at Krebs to have the best parts and service in the industry, which stands for the best equipment in the industry. Visit them online. It's KrebsKubota.com. That's Krebs with a K, Kubota.com. Check out these guys as well. BetMGM, the king of sportsbooks. They've got plenty of action going on over there right now with week zero in college football getting underway and Vanderbilt stacking that first win of the season. Hopefully many more to come, but anyways, bet MGM is the perfect place for you to enjoy sports like never before. So sign up using our code a to Z sports, a T O Z sports, and you'll receive up to $1,000 back in bonus bets. If you don't win that first bet, when you register with bet MGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, player props, and daily boosted odd specials. Believe me guys, they have it all. And it's so easy to navigate. Find out why BetMGM is the king of sportsbooks. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly and offer resources to help you make appropriate choices. Visit BetMGM.com for terms and conditions. 21 years of age or older to wager. Tennessee only. New customer offer. All promotions are subject to qualification and eligibility requirements. First online real money wager only. Rewards issued as is non-withdrawable bonus bets. Bonus bets expire seven days from issuance. For problem gambling support, call the Tennessee Red Line at 800-889-9789. All right, so we asked the question to the chat. We want to know what Titans position group will be the most intriguing during roster cuts. Jack, uh, we have our Ask Me Anything section in Monday. I might have to uh, add a little question about your little Vanderbilt comment there. I'm gonna, <laughs> okay. you're, you're rocking the hat today. We're going to have to talk Vanderbilt football at some point uh, later on in the show. But, Jack, I'll send you to the chat as well, see what the people are saying. What Titans position group the most intriguing on cut day? Yeah, so it's not surprising to see a couple of these answers here. And that's what you're going to get for the majority. We'll start here with wide receiver from IR Hoshi. Um, O-line says Rooney Glover. Inside linebacker says Lane. Uh, Puka says wide receiver. Ashley agrees. Eric says linebackers. Corners say Nathaniel. Those cornerbacks is a tricky little group out there. Uh, Chandler and Scott both on the same page at wide receiver. Orlando's going linebacker. Ryan says the secondary as a whole, the DB position. Wide receiver and inside linebacker from Jaron. Mr. Jones says wide receiver. If we're not counting a kicker, it's wide receiver, says Darius. Matt says linebackers. Uh, Demetrius is on wide receivers. Jonathan's also on wide receivers. Andre says wide receiver. Top tier wide receiver. Major Keys wide receiver. 
Our guy Eddie says O line. Um, OLB. I don't know if he means OLB or, or no, uh, outside linebacker, linebacker four. So? Is, yeah. I, I I mean, it is a position battle for the most part. Uh, I mean, I feel like I have the, my... there's four that are set in stone almost at this point. I wouldn't say st- so. Who are your four that you're saying are set in stone? Well, obviously, you know, you have Harold Landry out there. You've you've got on the other side Arden Key. Uh, you've got who am I forgetting here? Arden Key, Rashad Weaver, and then uh, Caleb Murphy. I think he's had the most complete preseason of just about any Titan um, with yeah. sacks in all three games. So and I then I mean Caleb, the fifth spot. I do think the, the, Caleb Murphy's on the team. I, I yeah. think set in stone is a bit of a reach for him, but I, really? I would lean towards him being on the team only because if, I think his preseason flashes have made him very difficult to get onto a practice squad, I would exactly. assume. Uh, and so you probably have to 53 him if you're the Titans, even if you're not super bullish on like what his defensive impact could be for you this year, you probably have to 53. him. So I do think like OLB four is going to be Caleb Murphy, but I'm not, I'm also not surprised to see it on somebody's list, I guess, but uh, I mean, this is an overwhelming – two groups really overwhelming here. It's inside linebacker and wide receiver is mm-hmm. – uh, yeah, I just kind of scrolled down and I saw more comments from Caleb, from Kenneth, from uh, Jeff, from Roy, from Chris, from Mike that are either on wide receiver or inside linebacker. And Jack uh, – I think the chat got it right. I think the two or three that we're talking that they commented are probably – probably what I would agree with but for me I'm really interested in seeing wide receiver uh and not really because I don't feel like I have a good sense of what the Titans are going to do because I think I know how wide receiver is going to shake out I'm more fascinated by how they maneuver the injuries of Kyle Phillips and Traylon Burks and a potential IR stint for Kyle Phillips into their 53 man and the timing of everything because you have to keep Phillips on the 53, even if he's going to IR, but does that mean that you stack the extra body on the initial 53? Do you try and wave somebody and then sign them to the 53 after who becomes available in the free agent market? And what is that kind of, how how does that throw a wrench in your plans? So I think they'll have Deandre Hopkins, Traylon Burks, Kyle Phillips, uh, Nick Westbrook, Akine, Chris Moore. Those five for sure we know are locks to be on the 53. I think they have to keep a sixth. That sixth to me and my final 53-man roster prediction was Kiaris Jackson for the Titans. Mm-hmm. And then if it's those five that are active, but Traylon might not be active week one, do you then elevate somebody else like a Mason Kinsey or a Colton Dowell from the practice squad for week one in New Orleans? It'll be a very interesting group to see how they maneuver it. But I think we might see six wide receivers on the initial 53. Not something I thought we were going to get, especially with that sixth being Kiaris Jackson over a Colton mm-hmm. Powell. Uh, so uh, your thoughts on the wide receiver position? Well, I, I find myself agreeing with you. Kiaris Jackson, a huge touchdown grab. He looked good out there against New England. However, there's a name you didn't mention that I think is uh, – is going to be in the mix here as well. And that's Mason Kinsey. He's had a pretty big preseason. He always has the same yeah. preseason, it feels like. Uh, but, you know, I don't know where they think his ceiling can be. Uh, he's definitely a name to watch for me. And, you know, with his with how much time he has in the NFL, I 
think that's valuable experience. I know that TR Jackson can do some things in the return game as well, um, which kind of puts them, you know, you know, even, but I, I do think that Kiara Jackson's ceiling is higher than Mason Kinsey's. I it's, don't know it's, if it's I trust him more. Than and like though. Brian brings up seven wide receivers here. I, I don't, Golly. I don't think we see seven wide receivers on the roster. You like, you could always see an elevation for week one. You could mm-hmm. see somebody active from the practice squad, which I think is more likely for Mason Kinsey. I, I just have a hard time seeing how he fits on a 53. Like we have to keep in mind when we talk about any of these position groups and who you're cutting or keeping the likelihood of the player being scooped up by another team and a guy like Kiaris Jackson, who I think has some high upside uh, has started to show some prowess as a receiving threat, but really the Titans value as a returner as a both kick returner and a punt returner, which would be the reason he's the guy to replace Kyle Phillips on the first 53. I think that's somebody who you could see other NFL teams potentially have interest in. If you're looking for your punt returner, you're looking for your kick returner, Mason Kinsey, you've been able to throw on the practice squad time over time, over time for the last three years. And what Mason Kinsey has been for the Titans has been valuable to have that guy on the, on the P squad, ready to go when you need him to, uh, consistent in practice, I don't see how he fits on a 53. I think he fits as your roster elevation week one and potentially suits up against New Orleans, but you, you don't put that guy on the roster, I don't think. Well, let me ask you this then, um, because Colton Dow was the seventh round draft pick. Did they? Could they have probably got him as a UDFA? Mm, yeah, that's up for debate. Yeah. Uh, but when it comes to Dow versus Kiaris Jackson, Let's say hypothetically the Titans are to release both of both of them. Which has the better chance of sticking around for the practice squad? Because Dow does have that seventh I, round tag. Yeah, I, well, I, I think Dow with Georgia has done a lot more. Really? Yeah, I'm UT Martin seventh round. Uh, not really viewed like as a valuable special teamer right now. Like you have to keep in mind, I don't think teams are hitting the this waiver market and trying to acquire depth wide receivers off another team's roster to then come in and be impactful offensive players on their team. Like it's usually for special teams impact for a return man. And so Dowell has been on kick coverage, uh, but he hasn't really been too impactful there just yet. And I think he certainly has the ability to, but he's still viewed as more of a project. And I think the Titans have a better chance of sticking him on their practice squad then maybe a Kiaris Jackson who teams could see as an NFL ready punt returner to be back there as their guy. Quite honestly, I don't think either one gets nabbed off of a practice squad and, and thrown onto a 53, but I think you're pretty safe with Dowell. He's a, he's a low profile, like a division two uh, local guy. I don't see him being huge on, on too many teams radars. I agree with you. And I don't know if it was uh, Rabel trying to keep his, you know, value where it should be so that they can get him back if they do cut him. But after the game, you know, he was asked what he thought about Dow, who made one big catch. Um, and it was probably the best ball that Malik Willis threw all night, in my opinion. But, uh, you know, he, he kind of was frustrated. He was like, yeah, I mean, he lined up wrong one time. And, you know, he, he 
messed up a route and he, he kind of just started with the bad and ended with the good, but it still seems like Dal has a long way to go. And that's yeah. Like you mentioned coming from the FCS level to the NFL level, that's a huge change and it's going to take a little time. There's a lot of physic, like they like his physicality. They like his frame. I and mean, Colton Dowell looks the part I yeah. standing next to him on the practice field and, and in the locker room, the guy like looks and built like an NFL wide receiver and I certainly think he has the physical tools to be very capable and, and you know, impactful in some degree. I, and I've been I, I've been saying this for a couple months now. I, I think they view the tight they being the Titans view Colton Dowell as their NWI replacement next year after NWI walks in free agency. And you have another guy with that that kind of big body, like that blocking ability that doesn't necessarily stick out athletically, but knows where to go uh, is valuable on special teams. Like I think Colton Dowell fits into that mold pretty well. And I think that's kind of the role we will see him play in the future. But as of now, yeah, there's a lot of inconsistencies with knowing where to be the awareness, like where he lines up the play strength at times. Uh, and so for those reasons, he's a little bit more raw has a little bit more work to do. And I don't, I don't think is ready for their 53. So I, that's kind of where I fall with him. That's understandable for, for me. And I'm seeing a lot of the chat say surprise cut NWI. I'm not, that he's not my surprise cut. I, th I think that yeah. NWI absolutely has a, I mean, whether Titans fans are happy or not with it, a very significant role in the offense, especially without Burks and especially without Phillips. But my group's the inside linebacker position. I think there's a lot of questions still left unanswered here. Obviously, you bring in Aziz Al-Shair. He's a lock. Dr. Gibby seems like he's got the starting job locked down. Monty Rice has been probably the most disappointing player in my eyes. Yeah. I, I think I mean, it's fascinating for that reason. Monty Rice is, yeah, chaotic. You've got Chance Campbell, who once again led the Titans in tackles against New England. Um, Luke Gifford. And the odd man out right now, I would assume, would be Ben Neiman. But I'm not so sure Monty Rice makes this team. Sam, one of my coaches when I was in middle school told me that you can't make the club if you're sitting in the tub. And Monty Rice has been sitting in the tub all summer. And this is a team that just made, let David Long walk for cheap because he couldn't stay on the field. David Long won them playoff games. David Long's coming out party was against that, against that Ravens team where everyone was so worried about containing Lamar Jackson and David Long did it all by himself. Like David Long accomplished a lot in a short time in Tennessee, although injuries did plague him. I just can't see them treating Monty Rice any differently. And he hasn't earned to be treated any differently. He hasn't earned the benefit of the doubt. So Monty Rice, I understand he was drafted. I understand there's a lot of speed there and that's what they, they're looking for. Um, but I, Neiman has some wheels on him. Like I, I think that I mean, Neiman could easily... I think Neiman could easily replace Monty Rice, and we could be talking on Wednesday about Monty Rice and his time with the Titans being, you know, coming to an end. I think that's a legitimate possibility. So he's my surprise cut. But Sam, I don't know how much of a surprise it would be at this point. Yeah. So I don't like to be. This is a this is a gross for me because I don't like to do this very often. Uh, especially not online, but I will do it on the show. I don't like to do it online, but I will do it on the show, which is be the, remember when I told you that guy uh, <laughs> and the chat might remember three weeks ago, I told Austin Monty Rice was my guy that I was bearish on early on in camp, just watching him practice, watching the way the rotations went. 
And I thought to myself, he might mess around and get himself cut. And the lack of availability that Monty has had over the last few weeks has only made that my view on him potentially being a cut candidate, a surprise cut candidate, a lot less surprising <laughs> and, you know, a much more real possibility. I think Ben Neiman's on this team. I think the question is Chance Campbell versus Monty Rice. I think, I think Ben Neiman is going to be on the team with Jack Gibbons, with Luke Gifford, and with Aziz. And I think one of Monty or Chance Campbell will not be on the team. So that is uh, based on how I think the Titans view their inside backers and who is the backup to certain styles of play. I think Neiman is their version of Aziz if Aziz is not available to them. So, yeah, he makes the 53. Um it's an interesting group because, you know, mm -hmm. is Monty Rice expendable? And that's the question that they'll have to figure out. And what does his injury do for that position group as well? Like, is he somebody who goes on the pup list? Is he somebody who goes on IR? Like, how severe is the injury? I don't know. And I see people asking, uh, like, I see people asking in the chat, like, if there's any scoop. I I'm not sure. He, had, he played seven snaps in Chicago and – has really been a ghost since then. I've seen him working on like the side field, working through some stuff, doing his rehab, but nobody really knows how severe Monty Rice's injury issues are, what he's working through, how long he'll be gone. It's a wrinkle in a position group that is going to be chaotic. Correct me if I'm wrong, but if Monty Rice is to be cut, that would mean that the Titans at inside linebacker only have one player on that group who was selected in the NFL draft, and that would be Chance Campbell. Um, I believe that would be correct. Gosh, that's crazy. Jack Gibbons was not. Luke Gifford was not. I don't know if Ben Neiman was drafted. That's a possibility. I don't. That was a Arizona like five years ago, so I don't know. But uh, yeah, I know Gifford was not, and Gibbons obviously was not, and Aziz was not. So yeah, the Titans finding a way to make it happen with the, with the UDFAs at inside linebacker, throw a, make that group very interesting. Uh, Jack, there was a roster move that the Titans made yesterday that really the position group that we banned, kicker. <laughs> the reason yeah. I banned it from the chat is because I think everybody's intrigued and, and waiting with bated breath to see what the Titans do at kicker. So we're going to talk about the roster move. I want to get your reaction to it. Uh, and then we're going to go over some potential options that aren't on the free agent market, but could be as cut day mm -hmm. is looming. So I want to talk uh, about that. But first, I want to tell everybody about our friends at Farm Bureau Health Plans. Farm Bureau Health Plans, better coverage, better rates, better service. Learn more about a plan for you at fbhp.com slash ATOZ. They're serving Tennesseans for over 75 years at Farm Bureau Health Plans. Much has changed in Tennessee over the years, but one thing has stayed the same, and that's FBHP always valuing personal relationships, especially when it comes to good health and good service. You can plan on Farm Bureau Health Plans for health, dental, and vision. Get better coverage, better rates, and better service at FBHP.com slash ATOZ or walk into one of their 200-plus locations across the state. I'm sure you guys have seen them. There's 200 of them. Just walk in and go get better coverage, better rates, and service. That's fbhp.com slash ATOZ. 
Talk about service. BetMGM is the gold standard for sports books. They aren't called the king of sports books for anything. They've also got a great offer going on right now. But you have to sign up with our promo code A to Z Sports. That's A T O Z Sports. You'll receive up to $1,000 back in bonus bets. If you don't win your first bet when you register with BetMGM, you'll get an instant access to all of their great selection. They've still got NFL futures up there, they've still got college futures up there, Heisman candidates. If you got a guy you like, go check it out because it, it, that's not all. They've got live betting options, player props. AJ Swan, are we putting futures on AJ Swan to win the Heisman guys? Look, some are saying, I'm not saying, but some are saying. Uh, Daily boosted odd specials, they've got it all over at BetMGM. So make sure you go check them out and don't forget to use our promo code A to Z Sports. All right, Jack, uh, we had a transaction yesterday, a bunch of them. The, The first round of cuts for the Titans, not really anything unexpected. Most of the guys that were uh, had moved towards the back of their position groups and of their rooms that were cut. Uh, and sure, we'll see more trickle out today around 3 p.m. So be waiting on those. Uh, and then tomorrow, we'll have it. But here it is. Michael Badgley was cut from the Tennessee Titans yesterday, meaning they no longer have a kicker on their roster. When you and I talked on Thursday, Jack, we were looking at these names and being like, oh, Ugh. Look Gross. at these available free agent kickers and Mason Crosby, a name we didn't even bring up, who was, you know, hitting 60 yard nukes over at Brentwood High School <laughs> over the weekend and was showing off that he still got it. But yeah, we're looking at the available guys and we're like, well, would you rather Michael Badgley or this guy or that guy or that guy? It didn't last long for the money badger uh, in Music City. He played one game here, his first stint, plays one game, his second stint in the preseason. The ugly start to practice kind of translated to the game. I, I guess what's your like? I want your take on it. Were you as off put by uh, by Badgley on Saturday as I was, or Friday night? Friday night, yeah, yeah. But like, I this is sad. When when I start thinking about the Titans kicker position, I don't have any more energy to put into it to feel like mad. I just feel stuck. I, it's I'm numb to this. It we called it. We, we talked about it last week on the Tighten Up podcast. It's just Rabel's kicker dating game. He dates a guy for you know a week or two or a game or two and moves on to the next guy. And then you know it ends up being some forty year old that comes in and has to save the day at the end of the season. Well, I, but it's I, it's so frustrating. I can't get mad at it because I don't want to put any energy into it. They don't put any energy into looking for a kicker. So why should I get all upset when this when you know? A guy who they brought in before, who missed an extra point with the Titans, missed a field goal with the Titans, just does it again. It's so frustrating. It's mind-numbing. And you have all these options, you know, at the beginning of the offseason. Well, you wait and you wait and you wait and all of them are gone. You have to sign a, you know, Michael Badgley, who's yeah. as washed up as they come. It's yeah, frustrating. I totally understand the frustration because, like, outside of the draft picks, like, I know Titans fans were all over, like, Chad Ryland, Jake Moody, one of these guys, like, being like, oh, let's bring in one of the the top college guys. There is some uncertainty there. Uh, But there were veterans as well, and you didn't even have to pay for a guy like Matt Gay, who was at the top of the market. Like, Matt Gay was the guy in the kicking market, got a nice contract, and, you know, you don't have to go and spend that money, but – when you see somebody like Brandon McManus get cut uh, looking for a job and you're kind of like, okay, well, let's bring in a veteran to come in here and compete. And there didn't seem to be a huge sense of urgency. They seemed confident. 
uh, on their bet of Caleb Shudak and Trey Wolf. And then when that didn't work, you're kind of stuck with the leftovers. And so that's what you have right now. Michael Badgley was a leftover. He came in, he missed kicks in practice. Uh, he went three of four in the game, but doinked one from 44, missed one from 39, way too inconsistent. And quite honestly, the, t- the way the Titans have treated kicker, how you said they don't care, it's all very nonchalant for them. That was Michael Badgley's attitude, and it rubbed me the wrong way, and I was ready for him to go the second he got there. He hadn't been a Titan 12 hours, and I was ready for him to be off the roster because he missed like five kicks in his first practice. We went out there, talked to him, and he said, yeah, it's practice. I'm not really sweating it. Uh, I'm not really too worried about it. It's practice, man. I I know what uh, what I'm capable of. Like you, we do too, buddy. We do too now. I mean, you should sweat it. You're, you just got, you've gotten cut by five teams in the last like three years and you keep bouncing around maybe in less than that. It's like 12 months. He's been on five different teams. So maybe you should sweat what you do in practice, because if you keep doing this, you're not going to have a job. And four days later, he's back at home on the couch waiting for a phone call. So I, yeah, Michael Badgley, see ya. Uh, I'm happy that he's not uh, – I think he's capable in the right setting with some consistency, but he was not somebody who I felt like came in and did what was necessary or asked of him, and the Titans are back to square run. No no kicker on the roster right now. We are approaching the cut day deadline, and they don't have a kicker. You brought up Brandon McManus, and I told this story on the podcast. I ran into Brandon McManus uh, after a flight out of Denver – earlier this summer and i was wearing a titan shirt and i walked up or well we kind of ran into each other at baggage claim he was getting his golf clubs i was with my buddy who was also getting his golf clubs i said jacksonville this year he said yeah and then i pointed to my shirt i said what about us he said yeah i texted mike Vrabel, but they didn't want to spend money on the kicker position if you don't invest on a position like that it will cost you games wait this this happened this This happened this summer yes Brandon why McMahon has reached out to Mike Vrabel. not relayed to a, a, a Titans reporter in your life, Jack? I, 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 told the, I told the one that signs my checks. So, uh, <laughs> and I did, I, I, uh, you know, we've told this story on the podcast before, and it, it was just frustrating. I was like, man. Uh, this you is know, breaking news here. Cut Randy Bullock. Yeah, it's, it's upsetting, but it's the reality of the situation. You know that they're not going to spend money at that position at this point, and you can't keep wondering, well, why is it not working? It's like you're driving a Ferrari off the lot, but it's got, you know, ruined brake pads. It's well, going to crash. It's a concern moving forward as well, because, I mean, we're about to talk about some position battles around the league. Like the this list of guys, and I think you could lump Mason Crosby in with these guys. These are going to be your cheap options. These are going to be the guys that are looking for work. The, they want an NFL contract. And uh they're especially guys like Zane Gonzalez or Rodrigo Blankenship, younger guys. They're just trying to get back into the game right now, and, and they're looking for what they can get. So the Titans could go cheap and get them, but I think there might be some capable options coming available after some of these kicking battles around the league are settled. The question is, can you get like the Titans aren't the only team going to be looking that are, is going to be looking for a kicker. Can you get one of the elite options out there if you're not willing to spend on it? That's a concern. So I've seen the chat. The chat has been very lively. And I guess real quick, Kane did come in with a super chat, said, perfect. Both of the Levis will be QB2 guys. 
Let's hear how that crow taste here for the plethora of excuses. He was a wasted pick. As we said, I think uh, Will Levis is still quarterback too, Kane, unfortunately for you. And if you, if you want evidence how the Titans feel about Will Levis (laughs) or, or what their plan is for Will Levis. And I don't even mean this as an indictment on Malik and we're completely getting off the rails here, but Will Levis has been unavailable for over two weeks of the preseason. You've seen him play seven drives this preseason while Malik has been complimented for his positive strides, played over two full games of football. And Will isn't even necessarily healthy right now. But asked on on Saturday, who was the backup? Mike said, "Mm, we're not ready to make that decision yet. We'll have to see uh, how healthy Will is. There you go. So, like, they're waiting and waiting and waiting and waiting to see if Will Levis can get healthy to be their backup, even after he hasn't been available and Malik has looked better. So, I, you know, hats off to Malik. Kane, go read my article talking about Malik Willis uh, on Friday night and how I felt like the roller coaster that he was showed a lot of improvement for him in his maturity and, you know, emotional development. So, go read the article. <laughs> but Will Levis is still Rand Carthon's guy. He's still Mike Vrabel's guy. He's still the 33rd overall pick in the draft. And he's still their plan at quarterback long-term. Sorry if you don't like it. That's, that is what it is. Okay. Uh, we are going to actually get to this conversation because let's get to it. There are three position battles around the NFL right now, Jack, that I think are intriguing for the Titans potentially finding their future kicker. Three position battles, and you actually have a couple surprises that you're going to bring up to me as well that I am not ready for. So I'm going to show you guys those, but first want to tell everybody about Wilson County Hyundai. Make Wilson County Hyundai a part of your new car buying process in Lebanon or at wilsoncountyhyundai.com. Wilson County Hyundai is the place to go for your new ride. You can get 0% APR for 48 months on uh, Sonata, Santa Fe's, Tucson's, Payne Bone and his team at Wilson County Hyundai are happy to guide you through the financing process, assisting with buying or trading in your vehicle. You can forget those downtown Nashville prices. Head to Lebanon and see friends at WilsonCountyHyundai.com. Also want to give a shout out to the Bone and Joint Institute, the region's destination for comprehensive orthopedic and sports medicine care. Out in Franklin with a state-of-the-art rehab facility. Uh, you can visit them at boneandjointtn.org. Whenever you get hurt in life, you have to know who to trust, and you can trust the Bone and Joint Institute. Uh, you can do it all under one roof, clinic, rehab, testing, imaging, surgery. You don't have to drive all around Middle Tennessee to go to your different appointments. Go get good, reliable care, and don't fumble on your recovery, boneandjointtn.org. Jack, okay, uh, we are going to talk about three different position group uh, position battles here uh, as we – Uh, get set to look towards cut day. Here is one, the first of them. New England, Nick Folk, Chad Ryland. Chad Ryland, the fourth-round draft pick out of Maryland, uh, is a rookie. Nick Folk, a reliable veteran. They've both been pretty good this preseason. You have to assume New England is going to go with Chad Ryland here. Nick Folk, potentially a free agent and a veteran. That the Titans, you know, sign me up for Nick Folk uh, as – the Titans need some reliability. And if that comes in the form of a veteran like him, so be it. Second one out there in new Orleans, 
I, is this group groupy group a do you know how to say this last name i'm not going to pretend like i do but uh just i'm, I'm like, deducting like that it's probably group. group like group is what we'll call it uh and will lutz will lutz has been awesome for the saints over the last few years they brought in udfa blake group and he's been just as good just as reliable they both have lagged a hit from 50 plus one of them is not going to make the team one of them is going to be on the free agent market and I love that option for the Titans. Third one to watch is out there in L.A. It's Cameron Dicker, Dicker the kicker, and Dustin Hopkins uh, as the two guys right now still yet to be decided who's going to win that job, but a potential option there as well. Uh, I think Dicker's going to be the guy in L.A., so that would mean Hopkins is a free agent. I would assume the Saints are going to keep Will Lutz, and maybe that, but I, I don't I know people saying the other way around. So maybe Will Lutz is a free agent. And then, like I said, I think Ryland wins in New England. So Nick Folk, a potential uh, free agent coming available as well. So uh, those are my three. You have two. And as you explain your two, I'm going to ask uh, the uh, this question to the chat because I find this interesting. It's what team's kicking battle should the Titans be most interested in? So it's New England, it's New Orleans, it's the Chargers, it's two of them from Jack. That is the question. And while the chat throws in their answers, Jack, enlighten me on your surprises that you've got. Yeah, so one of them is a, is a big surprise. And it's kind of, it wasn't a discussion heading into this preseason, but after a really rocky preseason, Cade York, uh, second year kicker for the Cleveland Browns, his job is up for grabs. Uh, Stefanski's kind of stuck by him and said he's our kicker, but you mentioned Nick Folk. I think that there's a possibility the Browns try try and trade for him. Uh, Kate York this preseason is two of six on field goals between 40 and 49 yards. He's had three chances to win a game with a 40 yard kick this, this preseason missed all three of them. There's a lot of frustration up in Cleveland. He's got a huge leg last year as a rookie. I believe his first make was from 58. Four of seven from 50. He's got a big leg. Those familiar with the SEC and LSU remember just how good he was there. So that's one to watch. I, you know, it's, while it's not really a battle just yet, there, there's a possibility that the Browns go and make a trade for a guy like Nick Folk, who is my so that, number one this, option. So that one, to clarify, that's just Cade York is their only kicker right now, but Cade York could be a free agent if they make another move. Would Cade, you have Cade York is him playing his way out of Cleveland. Yeah, but if he's playing his way out of Cleveland, do you want him in Tennessee? Yes. Yes, I absolutely do. Uh, look, beggar, beggars can't be choosers here, Sam. And, you know, I know that Cade Folk had a good preseason. Bit. He hit 75% last year, but he's got the leg to hit from 60. He's a weapon. Uh, it's uh, You just got to get him when he's – and, you know, kicking as a rookie, Seven, wait, it's, it's 75% last year? 75% last year. Total? Total. That's not good. It's not good, 70, but he's a rookie. He's not good. He was a rookie, and he had a bunch of – he had three misses from 50-plus. So, you know, that that's going to deflate your okay. numbers a little bit. Yeah, but, I, th- I thought you were sitting here telling me he had 75% of his 50-yarders last year, and this is why they need to get – no. 75 is bad, and the way you're making him sound this preseason, I'm not sure I have any interest in Cade York. Well, you're not going to get a guy who's totally locked down a job here, Sam. I mean, you got to choose from some options that have been washed out from a couple of other, other places. York did go four for seven from 50 last year. So it was over 50%. He's an option. Another option, you know, I, I came in with three and you took two of them already, Nick Folk and Will Lutz. I, I don't know 
I think I would rather have Cade York than Will Lutz. I know Will Lutz has made some big kicks in the postseason, but he too last year, he was 74% last year. He so, was. My, my only thing with Lutz is like the pedigree, like the history of success. He's got years over 90. He's got a year over 90%. And even last year in a bad year, four of six from 50 plus, uh, he did struggle at four misses from between 40 and 49. <clears throat> but I think Will Lutz has the history and the pedigree as an NFL kicker of making those deep ones that I feel like I would prefer that to. Uh, Here's yeah. the thing, though. Here's the difference. York's misses. It, Cleveland's not an easy place to kick. Let's get let's let's get to kick. Let's get let's get to kick in a dome. So I'm interested in breaking those down and seeing how weighted, many of his misses came out outside versus inside. That's interesting. So it's kind of like a weighted weighted percentage that we have to kind of break down there, and which makes Folks' work even more impressive because two seasons the, the two seasons before last year he was over ninety two percent in New England. Last season, he didn't even have a bad year, 86.5. That was higher than Randy Bullock. Yep, Messi, bring him on bring over. Messi, that's, that's, bring in Messi, bring in Mukhtar, sign Mukhtar. You have to give him a share of uh, the revenue deal. But, uh, you know, the elements, it, it's hard to kick in the elements. And, you know, Tennessee, when it gets a little cold outside, it's it's tricky to kick out there. It's hard. Yeah. But everyone's saying, oh, Jack just wants a guy who can hit from 50-plus. That's because the Titans haven't had a guy who can do that consistently since suck-ups yeah. early days. Well, I, I'm with you on that aspect. I think, like, having a guy from 50 that can hit from 50-plus would be phenomenal. You have to make sure that you can make from 40 to 49 as well. Like, you <laughs> yeah, can't sure. sacrifice yeah. your accuracy. And I think that was the deal with a guy like Trey Wolf. Was uh, I was super uh, high on Trey Wolf coming into camp I liked watching him kick the guy had an absolute missile of a leg it was like six five just, just could absolutely pound the football but he was way too inconsistent from the medium ranges uh that made you a little bit uncomfortable inconsistent ball flights certain things like that were like I think he has the leg to be a really good NFL kicker but if you're not polished enough to make the easy ones that's a concern you can't give away those points I, like I just think if you could hit from 50, you, sh you should be able to hit from inside 50. You'd think you know? So it's a little bit of a different process though. Like it, at least mentally, but yes, you would think so. All right. So Cade York's one of them. What's your second one here? The other one's even more dangerous. You're, you're if you didn't like Cade York, you're going to have a lot to say about this guy. That's Brett Maher and Brett Maher. He, uh, he was released from Dallas for having one of the worst postseasons I've ever seen from a kicker. He had a yeah. horrible, he had a horrible postseason last year. But he did hit 91% of his field goals in the regular season. Yeah. Uh, and, and it went 9 for 11 from 50-plus. Sam, he had a 60-yarder last year. And that wasn't I, even his first one. So where is he, For by the by the way? He's, he's, he's up in Denver. Denver. And that is – he won that job already, though, did he not? I'm pretty sure uh, he – I'm not totally sure if he's won it yet. I do know that they, they were working out a handful of different guys up there. But, you know, with that leg up in Denver, 70 is in play. But I, if Brett Maher becomes available and he's moved past these yips issues that have popped up early in the preseason, although he did have a nice game out this past weekend, he kind of corrected some of that. I think he hit a 47-yarder. Um, when he's hot, he's hot. I, yeah. When he's hot, he's one of the best kickers in the NFL. You just don't know if you're going to get good Brett or bad Brett. And that's – I like do the that Titans one. take a risky option? Uh, I'm not so sure, but – 91% last year, 89 the year before. He's got at least three from over 60. His longest in his career is from 63 yards. 
So I, there's a lot to like about him. It's just where he's at mentally probably needs I to be like evaluated. I like that one way more than Cade York. I don't know what your thing is with Cade York. Dude hasn't been good. Like Cade uh, York. All right. Well, I, I like Maher more. I think he has more of a pedigree, like you said. And, you know, if he's over his little postseason thing, which he very well could be, uh, he's very, very good. And he's a weapon uh, at kicker. So my only thing with that one is, like, I don't know if he's available. Uh, like, I don't know if he has any intention, like, if the Broncos have any intention of letting him go. These three, we know three guys out of this group are going to become available. So, Jack, question for you then, the same one for the chat. England, New Orleans, L.A., which kicking battle should the Titans try and poach the loser of if it's just between those three? It's got to be New England. I, that, that little tunnel from Nashville to New England seems to have closed over the last couple of years, but Nick Folk would be a hell of a way to bring it back up. Um, in You'd have to think that Vrabel still knows a few people over there and can maybe get the lowdown on the situation. But I, I, I do think Nick Folk is absolutely the one to watch here. Um, not interested in Dustin, Ho- Dustin Hopkins whatsoever. It's 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 really Folk or Lutz so think, for me of those three, and it's uh, Folk has the edge, even though he's thirty eight years old. We're going to assume that Groupie wins this one, Dicker wins in L.A., and Dryland wins in New England. So, yeah, the question then becomes, is it Nick Folk, is it Will Lutz, or is it Dustin Hopkins? You're between these two. and you're the edge to Folk. Folk. Mm-hmm. Um, I actually, I, yeah, I have to agree here. Nick Folk, I, I love Will Lutz, too. I think it's close between those two, but Nick Folk is just so consistent. I've got the numbers here. 32 of 37 last year was four of five from 50 plus 36 of 39 the year before was five of eight from 50. So all three of his misses came from 50 and he was perfect. 31 of 31 on all of his other kicks, like even at ages 37 and 38, Nick Folk is as good of an option as the Titans have had at kicker in a very long time. The only worry with Nick Folk, I suppose, is the fact that like he could get traded or like move exactly just like cut. So you might have to be a little bit more aggressive and he might not just be sitting there as a free agent. Like if you're the Patriots, I think you have to be a little bit smart here and say, all right, well, we know we have a commodity that some teams around the league are wanting. Uh, So what can we get for our veteran kicker? And as you mentioned, how willing are Mike Vrabel and the Titans to pay a premium either financially or in draft capital to go and get that guy? I, I have my doubts. And one of the, the McManus story that I told earlier, he signed in Jacksonville for $2.5 million. That's not even a lot of money at that no. position. And it's it's built into the Titans budget right now. Like they have that money sitting there in available cap space. And it, uh, so yeah, it's just collecting dust. It, the whole trade aspect makes this thing a lot harder because if the Titans aren't willing to spend a late round pick on a kicker, uh, like a young kicker, they're not with an upside trade one for one. Why yeah. would they? Why would they trade a draft pick for a thirty-eight year old on his last leg? Literally. Yeah. So I I don't know what a guy like Nick Folt gets in the trade market. Maybe a seventh, maybe a sixth. Like if you're lucky, but you know. I still don't see the Titans doing that. Mm -mm, And then I also don't necessarily see them outspending the market. There's other teams, like, quite honestly, these Chargers fans have been clamoring for a new kicker other than these two people. (laughs) Like, they they are like, oh, we could go get Nick Folk. 
And that's always a possibility as well as some of these battles go is that as we saw in Tennessee, just because you got two kickers and one job doesn't mean either one of them are getting it. You could always, you know, reshuffle the deck. This is a, an absolute mess here. No uh, doubt. Less than two weeks away from week one kickoff and who's doing it. Who's doing that kickoff still uh, remains up in the air. Uh, let's get to our end of show segment today. I've got one, maybe two questions for the chat. And Jack, I told you to prep one. So I don't know what you're going to ask here. It is a Monday. Ask me anything. Uh, all of our end of show topics are sponsored by Wilson County Hyundai. They power it. But today I want to give a shout out to BetMGM as well. Use the bonus code ATOZ Sports on BetMGM to get up to $1,000 back in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. That's ATOZ Sports and a second chance to win big. Wilson County Hyundai, make them a part of your new car buying process at WilsonCountyHyundai.com or over in Lebanon. Uh, they can get you 0% APR on uh, 2023 Sonatas, Santa Fe's, and Tucson. So we love our friends at Wilson County Hyundai as well. All right, Jack, ask me anything. I promised the chat we would bring this up on Friday, and I have to ask my first question. Have you been watching Hard Knocks? And if so, give me a grade for this season of Hard Knocks. I've been starting it and trying to work my way through it, and uh, I'm curious to see what the population of NFL fans out there that still watches Hard Knocks is. So, Jack, have you watched Hard Knocks? Yeah, I watched the first two episodes. The second one, I paid less attention to than the first. Um, it has been better than recent years. I'll say that. It's you definitely think? been better. It's been Why better. Robert, the storylines in New York. I think this is the first time. Like, Detroit was really fun. I, I actually really did enjoy Dan Campbell. But New York's more relevant in the you know you know when it comes to the Super Bowl conversation. And they've got some interesting young guys in Garrett Wilson. And, you know, we just saw Corey Davis retire out of nowhere up there. Like, there's a lot going on in New York. I think Robert yeah. Saul is a fun guy to get behind. Uh, that defense is young and really talented. So I think it's just, to me, it's, especially since they're in the AFC as opposed to the Lions in the NFC last year, they're more relevant to me. They're more relevant to the conversation in the NFL and the Super Bowl. So, and, and you know, I think it's interesting just to have a, getting a camera follow Aaron Rodgers around. There's not really many dudes around the league that I would want to put a camera around more than Aaron Rodgers just because of how weird he is. Um, so that's been, that's been fun to watch for me. Yeah. So the chat interested, a lot of people have not been watching hard knocks. It looks like Ashley says no. So does top tier. Uh, Nathaniel's no. Ayer Hoshi's no. Scary Harry says no. Uh, Maddie says no. Thank you. Uh, not at all. I really don't care about other teams. Uh, haven't watched it. I watched the QB and full swing on Netflix, but haven't watched that. Like a lot of people, DeMarco says he's never watched it, never watched hard knocks. So surprised i love hard knocks hard knocks gets me in the mood for uh like i when i see hard knocks i'm like okay football's back we're back and i you know i do like hearing some guys mic'd up and seeing reactions to things that you like see uh, like play out on your tv like it's cool to me that you can watch a preseason game on your television and then go behind the scenes of how an NFL team reacted and responded to that specific preseason game. I will say this, and I'm trying to look for the comment. It is dramatized a bit. And so this has <laughs> been my issue with it over the last couple of years is really realizing one, 
every Hard Knocks episode and every Hard Knocks team is the exact same in their storyline. And two, I'm tired of like only focusing on straight up positives and like how 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 much this season are we going to talk about how great Aaron Rodgers is? Not just as a player, but as a person. It's it's this was a PR stunt for Aaron Rodgers essentially to be like all this negative PR, we're going to turn into positive PR and make everybody love him. And it's working. Like I'm watching it being like, man, this dude's charismatic. But then in the back of my head, I'm like, this is like, this is a a joke. Leave Schreiber. Like they're trying to make Aaron look great here. It's all drama dramatized. And I have begun to tune it out a little bit more than I have in the past, which is sad because I like the show. So I was very curious. Now question two for you, Jack, chat might not care but you're rocking the hat i said we would talk about it so <laughs> what is the vibe about vanderbilt football one and oh they beat hawaii i gotta say jack it was a bad win it was ugly it was ugly. Uh, it was ugly 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 win they got so dang lucky uh at what two touchdowns stopped short of the goal line that then turned into like reviewed calls twice an interception on one of them. It was a lucky day for, for the, for the old well, I just, I, for a team that had predictions to win the, the sec crazy. Uh, but with the expectations maybe up a little bit here with another year for Clark Lee, what is the, what is the vibe? What is the vibe about the doors? Look, it was an ugly win. There's a lot of Vandy fans that I follow that are upset about how it went down. But we can't forget Vandy was up by 21 in the fourth quarter before an utter collapse happened. Uh, the secondary couldn't matter. The, 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 the secondary couldn't cover or couldn't stop a nosebleed. And uh, it just got a little ugly. The offense is so fun to watch, though. A.J. Swan's going to be great at quarterback for the next few years. Will Shepard's an NFL talent. Jaden McGowan's probably going to have his name in the SEC Special Teams Player of the Year conversation. Um, there's a couple of guys on defense that can play up to all SEC level and CJ Taylor and DeRicky Wright, who already has two picks on the year. I think a lot of people are going to look from, look at that Hawaii squad from last year that went three and nine and say, man, Vandy really almost blew one of the worst team in the mountain West, which they are one of the worst teams is, is, is partly true. Timmy Chang though, it does have that program back on the right tracks. And while they shouldn't be playing within seven to an SEC team like Vanderbilt, uh, they will be improved. Uh, the vibe around the program to me is the same as it was when it's, when the season started. They've got a shot to make a bowl game for the first time in a while this year. And they're going to have to do it behind that offense because that defense is hard to trust. Bowl game. That feels – I feel like I, that feels lofty to me because I think they're – watching them against Hawaii, I think they're going to lose a lot of SEC games 55 to 28. Like, I think they're going to – like, I think A.J. Swan might throw three touchdowns a game even in the SEC, and Vandy, Vandy fans are going to be able to hang their hat on it. I don't know how they, how they stop an SEC offense. E- even, like, the lower-tier ones. Like, you get South well, Carolina and that. Like, I don't know sure. how you stop an SEC offense looking at your inability to cover Hawaii. Yeah, it's week zero. It's early. But there is room for improvement. There's no doubt. But they, it is nice to have Auburn on the schedule – nice to have Kentucky and Missouri and a horrible Florida team in the division. And if they beat Wake Forest, horrible probably, Florida team, horrible Florida team, a I terrible mean, one. is going to be better than Vandy. Vandy beat them with Anthony Richardson last year. What's what makes you feel like Florida. Graham Mertz, the worst quarterback to ever play for Wisconsin is going to do anything. You I'm get just saying another year the head they're winnable down there. And yeah, I think, yeah, Florida's bad, man. 
You Florida's bad. A, a guy wearing a Vanderbilt Commodore's hat cannot come on on the show and and say Florida's horrible. I'm excited. Like you can't chalk that up as a win on the schedule. Jack. Florida no. season win total is five and a half. That's very low. Very very low. Over. Mm. Over on the Gators. Not I, my money. I just watched the Swamp documentary, whatever on uh, <laughs> on Netflix. So I'm I'm drinking the Kool Aid. Uh, Jack, <laughs> your ask me anything question for myself in the chat before we wrap up here on a uh, on a nice Monday. Yeah. So sticking with college football, I want to ask you because you're from Big Ten country up there in Chicago. Yeah. Give me a percentage number, and I want to see the chat file in with some answers here as well. What percentage chance do you give a team? from the Big Ten to win a national title. It would be their first one since 2014. And while you're thinking, let me remind you, since 06, the SEC has claimed a national title in 13 seasons. 13 seasons since 06 has been an well, SEC champion. This year for an S- for a Big Ten team? Big Ten. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, I'd probably go – I'd go 20%. I like Jameson's number here. Like the pro the big 10 is actually very improved this year. Penn state's a legit team. Wisconsin's a legit team. Michigan and Ohio state as always are going to be legit. Uh, Illinois is kind of like frisky to be top 25. Uh, obviously they're not contending to that degree. Iowa similar. Um, but I really think Ohio state's their only, their only bet. I, I don't believe J.J. McCarthy is the guy for Michigan to win a national title. Like, I know they have, like, I don't know. Michigan has a lot of the pieces, but I think you need the quarterback, and I don't know if they have the quarterback. I think Ohio State has a legit shot at it again. And quite honestly, the loss to Georgia last year gave me more faith in Ohio State this year than I think I had after they lost to Michigan. Like, does Ohio State win the Big Ten? Maybe. Like, but I think they are the best team to go toe to toe. My only worry would be the Big Ten eats each other alive with at least four to five like good to elite teams, and then you end up without any of them getting in. Like, you need a one loss Big Ten champion to get in. Do you have one? Is the question. Yeah, I, you know, when you look to the Big Ten, it's Michigan or nothing for me, probably. Uh, they've got the best running back group that I we've maybe seen since Arkansas had Darren McFadden uh, over there. And I, I'm forgetting, I don't know, oh, Felix Jones. Uh, the, the, the team that is outside the SEC that I think has the best shot has to be USC. Lincoln Riley's finally been there long enough to get some guys in there. And Caleb Williams is not to be played with. Now, they could have looked a little better against San Jose State. But it's very early in the season, and I'm not holding it against them for winning. Um, so... Yeah, for me, it'd probably be lower. I think 10% is a number. They're going to get a team in. It just, we'll see who it is. And what the SEC does have on the Big Ten is the SEC only plays eight conference games. Big Ten beats up on each other with nine. So mm-hmm. those numbers aren't aren't inflated when it comes to wins at the end of the season. Um, so if, yeah, if they like, can just I, tread water. I think that's interesting because in the past, I mean, we've gotten both Michigan and Ohio State in or at least one of them in with that last rivalry game at the end of the year, meaning everything. But, you know, if one of those teams loses a game to Penn State in November, like what does that do for that, you know, that game between those two teams? And, you know, is it possible for a two-loss Big Ten champion to get in? That's a big question this year. I don't know if I think that's possible given, 
the SEC plus USC being frisky. So I, I don't know, but you know, hopefully, maybe it's the Big Ten year. You know, we'll see. I mean, they, it just they were it knocking on the door in the Big Ten. So, <laughs> yeah, like, they care a little bit more up there about our we we love our college football. It just means a little bit more. It's a conference All of right. champions. Well, t- <laughs> you're taking something from every conference, I see. Yeah, Big uh, Ten <laughs> means more conference of champions. So that, we'll know, see. Time will tell. I isn't it, the rules. Isn't it fun that we're at least just having this discussion right now because football is actually back. I'm, I'm, try- I'm so I'm trying. I'm really trying to buy into college football. I was really dialed in. Oh, here's my sneaky one, by the way, because this is my guy, has been my guy since before he was at this college, and they looked nice over the weekend. Sam Hartman. Heisman. Oh yeah. Sam Hartman yeah. for the Heisman early. Get in early. Sam Hartman for the Heisman. Notre Dame's freaky. Uh they they might be good. N- Notre was, Dame might be good with an actual quarterback for once. So he, he was in the kitchen cooking up a three Michelin star meal out there. And I, I mean at I Wake, he was Notre really Dame. good under Clawson. I hate Notre Dame. I'm anti Notre Dame all the time. I love Sam Hartman. Hartman's and, a and, dog. Yeah. So all right, we'll see. But All right, guys, that's it for today. Uh, Thank you, as always. Before you go, like the show. Not enough likes on the show before we head out here. Make sure you hit subscribe as well. Cut day content coming out. More roster cuts later today for the Titans and the deadline looming tomorrow afternoon. We'll be back at 8 a.m. tomorrow to talk about uh, potential moves that are incoming and get ready for the 2023 season. Follow us on social media at A to Z Sports on X and keep it dialed in for all the Titans content. Appreciate it as always. We will see you guys tomorrow.